Welcome to the KLE Podcast with your host, Sean Smith. Encouraging and equipping leaders with a kingdom mindset to inspire, to influence, and to impact your culture where you are every single day. And now for today's episode. All good. Yeah, can you see me? <laughs> no, you can. You're camouflaged. Yeah, and I noticed one guy. One guy was. Uh, it says to tie down your load. You know, here in Texas, you're supposed to tie down your loads whenever you're pulling a trailer, uh, so that you don't spread things all over the highway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this guy, <laughs> this guy's carrying a load of dirt on a flatbed trailer and he has a strap over the top of the dirt. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I need yeah. To say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you would have thought Texans were a little smarter than that, but. Uh... <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want that little section to go anywhere. <clears throat> <laughs> Well, it's on the on the World Wide Web now. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> I should have said another state. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, there are several states that uh, the family tree ain't got many branches. So. <laughs> <laughs> and on every family tree's got nuts and fruit in it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> So you had a lot of a lot of business this week. It's been busy, yeah. So um, it's actually worked out nicely because I sometimes it's all backed up, you know, in one kind of few hours in the morning or a few hours in the afternoon or something. But this week it spread out nicely, like one one morning, one afternoon, one morning, one afternoon. So uh, which gives me a little bit more breathing space, and I'm, I'm so pressured, you know. So it was yeah. Good. It's been it's week. It started off slow, and I thought, oh, it's going to be a slow month. But it actually uh, turned out to be a very good week. So I'm not complaining. That's God, good. God's good to me. Gives me good favor. Meeting amazing people. I mean, just traveling around Pennsylvania, just you know, right in the rural kind of setting. You know, not in the city, um, which I like a lot. Um, but I'm meeting like really incredible people, you know, so, um, right. I mean, you know, look, I don't spend hours and hours sitting there talking and chat about all sorts of things, you know, so I'm in and out kind of thing, but it's still, it's really great. You know, really, people are really accommodating and great. That's good. Yeah. They're really nice. I, I enjoy, I enjoy it tremendously. So. Well, you're getting back in touch with the heartbeat of what's going on around you too, which is nice. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah, people sort of drop little things and, and you get a quick, you know, you get a quick feel of, you know, the setting and, and you know, the people's heart and, um, you know, so, yeah, it's it's very pleasant. I'm going to some really beautiful places, some beautiful homes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's like really cool, you know. Of course, it's like a profile picture on Facebook or something. You're not going to, you're always going to seem like you're a happy person. If, yeah. if you just if you just look at the they're not going to put an ugly sad picture on there. Yeah. 
Right. But, you, know, you you sit with people and long enough, um, you know. Yeah, that's true. Setting, you know, like I, I mean, I'm nearly an hour, you know, so I'm sitting at a table with them in an hour. Right, and, and, and they're often, signing their name a hundred times. Yeah, so the husband and wife are having to interact with their, you know, with how they're going to sign these documents and how they view it and whatever else, and you quickly pick up. <laughs> yeah. We pick up. Okay, you know. This couple is going to need help, you know, so whatever. And then you meet, like, young couples that are just, like, incredible, you know, just um, just really, really – you can you just pick up their heart, you know, just the way they talk to each other and, and stuff in the setting, you know, so. Right. <clears throat> really good, yeah. So I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. That's good. Yeah, I was thinking a lot about the symbiotic relationships, you know, how – like a narcissist needs an enabler, yes. you know, somebody who, who has to feed off that thing needs somebody to feed off of. Yeah. There's always going to be somebody feeding that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, there's so many different types of symbiotic relationships in the world and things like that. But it's, it's amazing how quickly you can pick up on that whenever, like you said, you're just in there for an hour you know, hour and a half while somebody's signing papers, you can, cause there's a spirit behind it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You know, it's like what, one couple I was with, you know, uh, I mean, the wife was just being so bossy and ugly towards the husband, you know? And, uh, and I thought to myself, as I was watching this, I thought, you know, the marriage, if, if he, if he sort of, because he, he's at, at that point where he's just going, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, and I'm thinking they're not even like a, an older couple, you know, the young couple. He's either going to go totally passive. Right. And, and you know, stop communicating and, you know, stop being proactive and taking the initiative. He's going to stop being a man, you know. He's just going right. to be, be, end up on a rocking chair on the front porch going, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know. Right. Or otherwise... And have to be reminded to zip up his pants after he goes to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, and or, and that's the thing is the the alternative is he's just going to walk away one day and say I've had enough, you know. Right, or find or find somebody that's that's giving well, him that attention and that. That's the point. Respect. That's the point, Steve. Is like somebody else is going to come along and and woo him. You know, he's going to go. Wow, you you know you 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 amazing. You know, look right. at you. You know, and just compliment him and and let him talk and listen to him, and and suddenly he's he's got somebody else more interested in him than than you know than what he's got right now, and uh, then it's easy it's easy for him to just you know if he's got no underlying values that he sticks with, it's easy for him just to walk away, you know. So right, right. And, well, man, I've heard that so many times from Christians even right now is that you know, well, I'm not happy. Yes. Well who who decided that your happiness is what makes the world go round i mean that's well god doesn't want me to be unhappy no he doesn't want you to be an unhappy but your your happiness is not found in that yeah yeah so you know your happiness is found in christ not in how somebody else responds to what you desire <laughs> just cuz you're not getting everything you want doesn't mean i mean that's more like a spoiled kid talking not yeah yeah, and the thing about it is, you know, is, uh, I said this song on the podcast, this uh, the other podcast this week. Um, 
is that it's something that I heard and I thought is like really profound. And I, I've, I've thought about this for many, many years already, but, you know, never make a permanent decision in a temporary situation. Mm. So oftentimes we, you know, life has got cyclic cycles, you know, it's ups, right. and it's ins and outs, it's winters and, and springs and summers and autumns, you know, so there's a season to everything. Uh, every really? Man, you ought to write that down. I bet that could go in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Ecclesiastes. <laughs> All right. Sean's Ecclesiastes. <laughs> uh, but, but it's just like, you know, and the thing about, and you know, is like when you, when, when we were pastoring and we were preaching on a Sunday, is Sundays is like a high, you know, you, you speak, oh, yeah, you know, and, and that's okay, that's like a whole nother topic, but you know, you're speaking out and you're preaching, and and you know, and you know, and people are just coming up and thank you, Pastor, for a great message, and and you know, people are getting healed and things happening, and the whole Sunday is like, you know, like a high Monday morning, and this has they're depressed, covered, yeah, is that for every up, there's a down, you know, right. and and so Monday mornings comes along and you're having a down, you know, you right. face your wife and your kids and, and you got to face like, okay, did I do it right? You know, and then the negative comments come back or whatever the story is. And, and so and that's why most uh, pastoral resignations happen on a Monday because well, for every up, there's a down, you know, right? And if we understand that. So even in marriage, you know, it's like, Honeymoon is up, but what comes after that? <laughs> you know, sometime you're going to have the times when you walk the difficult time or the the pressure or the crisis or the tragedy or whatever the story is. And then you've got to know what your underlying convictions are and don't make temporary, I mean, permanent decisions in a temporary situation. Right. Right. Well, to know your times and seasons. Well, exactly. Is, yeah, that's the that's one of the major things is and it says the sons of Issachar, you know, knew the times and seasons. They were the ones that were given to that. I mean, they they knew how to do that. And of course, in Christ, we're the ones who who are also given to that. We know our times and seasons or we should. Yes. Because uh, we have the mind of Christ for crying yeah. out loud. So. Um, even, even when we don't, you know, sometimes like, you know, we go into a situation and we think, you know, I'm, and of course, what we do is we define ourselves by ah, our that's situation. true. That's true. So we have a failure, you know, it, 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 and is uh, and then we we like assume at that point in time. Well, so we make this permanent decision. I am a failure. I'll never try again. You know, mm, mm, and yeah. what happens is that we. We, we, our, our verb, I heard this yesterday, it was pretty good. Is like our verb, failure is a verb, it's not a noun. And, um, but when we turn it into a noun, is like, I am a failure. Now, you know, I've defined myself by a season, and we, ne we should never do that, you know? Right, right. Well, yeah, to fail, to fail is a fail. I guess is a, is a verb. So, yeah. And, um, and that's the thing. It, a lot of times we define ourselves by what we do anyway. I, you know, I bought that steamboat that I told you about, Yeah, and yeah. man, I had a dream for that thing. I thought, sure. You know, that in my twilight years, I was going to sail this 
steamboat, this paddle wheeler around uh, the lake here, the swamp, <laughs> and give tours and have a, you know, just have a real fun time at it. And I, I mean, I went to community meetings. I, I talked it up. I, I, you know, I did all this planning and I did um, layouts for the city for, for different programs and whatever. And uh, just in the last couple months, uh, Connie and I were talking. We just said, uh, you know, I don't, what would you do right now? Given the opportunity, what would you do uh, in life? And I said, well, I'd, you know, give myself just to the, just to the word and to, and to the helping people to that next step in life, whatever that may be. And she said, then why aren't you doing it? And I said, well, um, I, you know, I got all these other things that I'd like to do. And she said, yeah, but is that what you're supposed to do? And um, um, I ended up calling a, a gentleman who who had the dream for the boat, but thought his dream was over yeah. uh, because it was sold to me. Yeah. And uh, ended up uh, telling him about the boat and. Um, he basically bought it for the same price that I bought it for, which, you know, I didn't make any money off the thing, but it, it helped, uh, because it unloaded a burden because I was having to come to a place where I was going to have to drop a lot of money into it just to make money. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, when Connie and I were talking about that, we always thought, well, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow to it. And it was beginning to, it was beginning to be like I was carrying around this weight, even though it was a joy, even though it was a, even though it was something I had dreams and ambitions and goals for, um, it was something that was, it was a temporary situation and I didn't know it was, I thought it was, I thought it was something that was a, a God goal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know? And yet, yet it was a temporary situation. In fact, my son even asked me that. He said, what, so what about the boat? You know, when, when we were talking about this type of thing, you know, what, what do you want to do, son? I mean, if you had all the choice in the world, there's no fear, there would be no fear attached to it. No fear of failure, no fear of, you know, I'm doing it wrong. No fear. What would you be doing? And he said, and he says, so what would you be doing, dad? And I said, well, I, I never had a plan B. This was always what I would be doing would be preaching the gospel till I die. And he goes, then why aren't you doing it? And he said, then what about the boat? And I said, well, frankly, the boat would never fit into that picture. It would never even be a part of my thinking. Yeah. And that's when I woke up and thought, oh, my land, it was never, it was a part of a plan B or C or D or whatever down, down the chain. It never was, it may have been part of who or what I do, but it was never, it was never who I am. Yes. And it's not that I identify myself with what I do. It's just as a son of God, there's certain things that I know we're, we're purpose for in life. And uh, to be able to impart that, you know, we've got what? I've got probably another 30, 35 years. You know, they'll be, I'll be 99 in 35 years. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, so. You know, I've got another few years to go and to be able to impart 
what we know and and what to what this young generation come coming up don't know so that they can uh, exponentialize their growth it's not so that they just get what we know it's so that they can get it and compound that because if we can impart it to it they get a double portion of whatever it is we've got they don't just they don't just know what we know now yeah and if we give it to them in the same spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus. And I guess that's the thing that I, I'm going to get back to here now is that you don't realize sometimes there's several different types of people in the world. And you don't realize when you slipped over into being somebody who uh, is not a giver of life. Yeah. And you end up <clears throat> people don't want to talk to you because, you know, all you do is you suck the life out of them whenever you come around. Yeah. Yeah. And it says the last Adam was a life giving spirit. When did you stop being a life giving spirit to somebody? Yeah. 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 When did you, you, when did you stop inspiring other people and impacting with them with the, with the story of your life, with the story of your journey with um, right message on your heart, you know? So, right. And that's the thing that you and I were talking about a couple of days ago, just in texting and everything is that, you know, we, we contact so many people around the world right now that that are um, they have a certain view of ministry. And so their their ministry, their boat, so to speak, is become the end all of their goal. They, they're looking at their boat all the time and all they see is the boat. They see their vision about the ministry. They see their they see their goals about the ministry. They see what the ministry could become. They see all this sort of stuff. And so they begin to use people or try to look for people to use as a symbiotic relationship to to help them attain those goals. And they end up being a sucker of life rather than a life giving spirit. They end up trying to draw from everybody that they contact with. Yeah. And, um, you know, we have several people that mutual people that we know that don't. They've learned from the Western church that these guys want position. They want authority. They want, they want a place to preach. They want a, they want a message to be given. They want whatever they want something. Well, I want something too. And if I can approach them a certain way, like uh, I need to sit at your feet, you know, please let me sit at your feet and learn. Uh, Please, you know, we need you, but please come here and help us with this or this place, you know, this, this vision, this ministry. And, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, come and help us. (laughs) And I don't mind helping, but it says, I will not see my children begging bread, you know, but it, it feels like we've turned all these, this next generation of people into beggars. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. I, and it, I, yeah. It's not right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's exactly right. I mean, you know, that that was the thing that that God began to deal with me back in the year 2000-2001. And the Lord began to show us, you know, it's like we hear this constantly, um, this message. Well, I don't hear it that much anymore, but it was like the wealth of the sinners laid up for the righteous, and there'd be this big wealth transfer taking right. place. But the church is lazy, it right? Sit and just have a miracle with all this money just coming into their into their pocket, you know? Right. 
And the problem is with that is they don't know how to manage. One guy, I, I, I was on travel to one place and and uh, I was this one guy I was driving around with him to the different meetings and that and he said, I'm believing for seventy four million dollars. And I said, What is your seventy four million dollar plan? And he goes, I don't have one. Oh. You know, the thing with seventy four million dollars, I don't know why seventy four was so random, but I said, the problem with seventy four million is you're going to buy yourself a house, your mom a house, you're going to buy your brother a house, you're gonna buy yourself a brand new car, your wife a brand new car, your mom and dad a brand new car. Uh, your brother and sister, a brand new car, and you're going to buy a new TV and a couple of sets of clothes, some gold jewelry, and your money's gone. Right. Um, that's bad management. And the thing about it is, is that the way to uh, move ahead, you know, Jesus gave that example of of the the guys. He, to one he gave five talents, to one he gave two, and the other one he gave one. And, right. Uh, the two. The, the one with five and the one with four or two manage that the their um their resources the one with one didn't he went and buried it right and, um and uh, and then of course the the wicked manager was the one who wasted all his um you know he he was not accountable for his management and so then he woke up quickly and said well i better start managing my my master's resources here yeah, and he started managing everything and um, and then he was called a wise um, manager you know a good manager a good steward and the problem is is in in the church we we are lazy we don't want to get out get ideas get act get active get proactive and the lord began to deal with me and say if you don't position yourself for wealth it'll never come to you right and, and uh, you know, and so there's always this positioning going on that you need to be seeking God because in the Garden of Eden, Adam had everything he needed to manage. All the resources was there. He just had to right. manage it. To work it and to cultivate it and to care for it is management. And he had to just manage all the resources that was there. There was rivers there. There was gold. There was oil. There was precious stones. Everything he needed was in that garden. The problem is we don't position ourselves. We don't take the time to find out how God wants to position us. Right. So or we, how to use those items that we have available to us. And, the, and well, and the, that's the thing is we're always looking for the huge garden. But, you know, God says, here's the garden. I want you to be fruitful, multiply and replenish the earth. We think that's having children. You know, that was right. what he was talking about. He was talking about managing the resources that God had given him. So like the guy with five, you know, he ended up with 10 and the guy with two ended up with five, four, you know, and the guy with one had nothing. He got it, one, the one he had had was taken away from him and given to the guy with 10. So if we're not faithful in the management of the little things, we'll never reach the, the greater things. But if we, God showed me at that point in time, I think I mentioned this before, but the, at that point in time, we're talking now year 2001, 2002, somewhere around there, that there is this market, a 2.7 trillion market, uh, $2.7 trillion floating around the earth. Wow. And, and uh, it's, it's looking for somebody. And guess who's, who's positioning themselves for banks, investment, right. etc. And God said, if you don't position yourself, how do you access that money? Right. And, now it's of course seven point five tr trillion dollars right. that's floating around. So um, 
we, you know, and that's another thing is like people think money has left their country. It's not left. It's still there. You know, money hasn't left the earth. It's, it's just in the wrong place. It's just not right. in your hands. And if you don't position yourself, we think that if we just, you know, if we just sit and pray long enough, go to church and, uh, you know, and believe God for a miracle, then suddenly all the money is going to come, all the debt's going to be wiped away. And we, and we, and we want to be lazy and stupid with our money, you know? Right. And, and the same goes for ministries. They want to build buildings, you know, that I, I met with one guy and he had, he has hundreds of orphans. He's trying to feed and house and clothe. And stuff. I said, do you have the resources for this? No, but you must give me, and I said, I don't have money to give you. So, right. and, and even if I did, I don't give it to bad managers. <laughs> right. So where's your team? Where's your plan? Uh, where, where's your, your strategy? Where's your um, resource? I said, if you can't manage 200, can you manage 30? Right. I mean, you want to feed the world, house the world, and school the world. I mean, you know, so do I. But the fact of the matter is you, you've got to work within the means that you have. What can you manage right now? And, right. uh, and, and I said, I'm going to leave that with you. It's just manage to 30, manage 50 properly, market it with a proper team, get it going, develop a pro. And I said, I'll help you with that, but I'm not going to run after you and make sure I've got people coming from all over the place, giving you thousands of dollars. Right. I'm not going to be your sugar daddy. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you don't know how to manage it. That's the problem. Right. You don't know how to take responsibility. It's, you know, the thing, sorry, I'm talking a lot now, but um, the thing that I discovered is, is like, there was a bunch of guys here in the States and they were giving money to somebody overseas, you know, and they said, oh, they set up, they set up a chicken farm, but all the chickens died. And I said, you know, the thing about that I know is that if people don't own something, they um, always give the responsibility to somebody else to pay for it. Right. And so, you know, if you take ownership, you take responsibility for it, and then you will have rulership. But if you cannot, you cannot bypass that process. Yeah. You know, what did David like, say? I will not sacrifice something that costs me nothing. Exactly. There's always a cost to, to, um, to purpose, always a cost to purpose. Yeah. And one of the things says uh, um, in Proverbs, wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. Wisdom, uh, and I know we've talked about this before, but wisdom, uh, there's seven different Hebrew words in the word in, in uh, Proverbs that talk about the word wisdom. I mean, it's seven different he different Hebrew words. So one of those is Tushia, which is, and it talks about the Tushia uh, of wisdom, or it talks about this wisdom does certain things, and it allows you to do certain things. If you, if you understand this type of wisdom, you will be able to have success and prosper. That wisdom is the word Tushia, which means enterprise. Yes. If you have the enterprise. Now, there's another one that co-joins with that. That's the word Orma, which, which means to, to have the strategy to fulfill the enterprise. Yes. And then, <laughs> then there's the one that says, thou shalt... It's also translated someplace else. It says, "Then thou shalt have, uh, then thou shalt prosper and have good success." Well, that 
have good success is this one Hebrew word. And that's, that's the word that also is translated wisdom. But to have good success is the same one that's translated when uh, Joseph presented his two little sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, uh, to Jacob. And he pulled them out from, it says, pulled them out from between his legs. So they're little bitty guys. And he put the, put the uh, Manasseh to his right hand, you know, to bless the older one first, yeah. uh, just like it would normally be done. And then he put the, put the younger one, Ephraim, to the left hand uh, so that we blessed, you know, by pop, proper age alignment. And it says that <clears throat> Jacob wittingly crossed his hands. And that word wittingly crossed is the same, is that one Hebrew word, which is translated to have good success and also translated wisdom. So to wittingly cross your hands, to not do it by the same way it's always presented to you, to do it by the way of God, to do it by the way that some, just like it says in, in 1 Samuel 16, 16, it says that David was a cunning and skillful player upon the harp. Well, skillful, everybody knows. But the word cunning is, is, is something you can't learn. It's, a, it's the ability to play to the spirit. And the only way you you begin to do that is you begin to think with your spirit. You begin to think with the spirit of God. You begin to think as he thinks, basically. And as you do that, then you play to that. And that's that's basically that same thing to wittingly cross your hands. I mean, it's not the same word, but it's the same type of principle. You're not you're not doing it the same old way it's presented to you all the time. Um, I used to, I I think, I don't know whether I've ever told you the story before, but when I was a a younger man, um, I would be given coats. I mean, just like winter coats. I don't know how many winter coats I had, but I would be given one or two and I would, um, I would see somebody that was either homeless or I'd see that they didn't have a good coat. So I'd turn around and give it to them. And a couple days later or a week later, I'd, I, somebody else would give me one and somebody else would give me another one. And, and so I'd end up, uh, you know, finding somebody else. I was a steward of it. And I, I learned that I, I mean, I didn't learn about it. I just, you know, I just did it. I saw a need and fulfilled the need. And man, I had more coats than I knew what to do with. Yeah. Well, this one day, this guy comes up to me and it was a beautiful, long leather, uh, two-toned um, coat that was uh, just, I mean, it was really nice. And he said, he hands it to me and in church <laughs> of all places. And he says, now this is for you. God says, don't give it away this is yours and i thought you're putting i think you're putting a stipulation on this i don't think it's god but yet i kept it because i thought what if it's not god what if you know i mean what if it is god saying that so i kept it you know what happened to all the rest of the coats dried up uh right i didn't i didn't get another coat yeah until I gave that coat away and that was years later. Yeah. Wow. And I thought, you know, it's amazing how 
we can, <clears throat> like you said, how do you position yourself to the wealth that you have? Uh, and that's what probably a lot of people were asking during the course, because uh, I mean, I, I kind of know what you're thinking, but, but you know, how do, how does a person position themselves to, for the wealth that the Lord wants to give? How does one do that? You know, what do they do? What's the first step in that? How, how does that work? What's the strategy? What's the, what's even the enterprise that's associated with the strategy? How do I cross my hands differently on this so that I can prosper and have good success? What is, how does this work? Yeah. So I guess that's what I'm asking is, is what do you see is the first, the first thing in that process? How do you position your, how would one possession themselves rather than just run around asking for money? Well, I mean, I was going to ask you something too, but uh, we'll get to that next. <laughs> Sorry. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, we talked, we, our conversation sort of involves people just in normal life who are hard workers and right out there and do what's necessary. Um, we, it also involves people from, you know, all over the world and some of them, are well i don't even know if they want to listen to this kind of message because they just want money from us so um right right but you know is those that actually pay attention who are in ministry um who are out there you know the two things i know they, they, and that's what i was going to ask you and we'll get to that later is like what what point is the crossover from um you know where you do go full time, kind of thing, and I'm using that in inverted commas because it's uh, right, right. Some concept that's out there is like, and that's the thing is, in some of the places that I deal with, you know, full time is prosperity. So if I can get out of my to get out of my situation that I'm in, and I go full time, people give me all I have to do is preach, and you know, and start a, a an orphanage, and and I can then ask the world to give money and, and, you know, I'm fine kind of thing. So right. there's survival mechanism, you know, kind of thing. And the symbiotic yeah. relationship there, yeah, the givers and the takers, basically. Well, exactly. And, and of course the, the whole concept of priests and Kings comes in there, you know, is that right. is uh, the Kings that are supposed to get out there. I'm just busy writing an article on that or a post on that in the Facebook group, but you know, the priests are there to earn the money, to get the money, to give to the priests, um, the Kings are to get the money for the priests who can then build their churches and feed the orphans and, and, and whatever else, you know, and, but yet Paul says, you know, I've taken nothing from anybody. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Me and my team. And he used it as his platform for influence to get the kingdom message into all the cities in the known world at that point in time. Right, right. He was traveling and he used to travel not with a team of three. You understand? He traveled with a team of 20. So they say there used to be anything from 15 to 20 people with him at any point in time. And he uh, paid for all those guys. And he Basically. would pay for everybody to eat, to <coughs> lodging, whatever the necessary. Right. And them. wasn't looking for their tithes, wasn't no. asking them for their tithes. Yeah, he was not. He was not. And he wouldn't go into the city asking them for their tithes, you know. No. So uh, at a certain point, he, he goes, okay, you know, it's like we we can partake of your naturals if if we're giving you our spirituals you know right but, right but that was a transition much later in in his life and ministry so um the thing about it is where do you start and i ask myself this question 
many times. And the thing about it is, if we go back to Genesis, and that's where we, we have to look at what is that's the a good start. What is the or, origin? How did God start with man? And that was that's the whole thing. And so God says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And um, let's give him authority, responsibility, and let's give him rulership. So, uh, and those three are very important right there. And then he goes, then he says to them, he says, he blesses them and he says, be fruitful, multiply and replenish the earth. Again, it wasn't to have more children. And the word fruit right. there is interesting. It means to be productive. It means to have um, that initial word you were talking about is that, that wisdom of what is it that I have to do? Right. And, and most Christians are, you know, they, they, the whole Christian walk is to attend church. Right. You know, and that's it. They, they, as long as you attend church, you know, go through our, our discipleship program or equipping program and attend our things and, you know, come to our meetings and go to this and go to that. Uh, it's never equipped for, for actual for marketplace uh, purpose, what is what is what does it mean for me to be fruitful? How do I become fruitful? How do I get right. the ears of God? How do I get the innovative inspiration of God? How do I solve problems right around me? Am I aware of problems, or do I just want a job and just get by and you know and then you know and struggle and complain and, and for the rest of my life? And we started off with with marriage is much the same thing, you know, it's just right. like we don't understand the purpose to marriage. We don't understand what it's about. So what we do is we, we, we take it with a, with a pinch of salt, really, you know, and the first place to start is to be fruitful. And you've got to ask yourself, am I aligned? Because Adam, Adam and Adam as the, as the, um, as the race, the species of man uh, right. included all men, was to be fruitful and he had right. to align with God or they had to align with God's purpose, which was Eden. And Eden wasn't just a locality. Eden was an atmosphere, an environment. It was, it was an atmosphere of provision and, and everything else that he was supposed to else. Yeah, work. Says, listen to this. It says that God didn't allow anything to grow because he didn't allow, allow it to rain because he had not yet man. And the thing about it is, is that you will never see what you can, what you can manage if you're not prepared, equipped and ready to manage it. Right. You know, it's like, it's like um, that, that's incredible. You know, for me, it's like, I know there's a greater purpose to, to, um, to what I have to do. But right. my youngest son came to me and, you know, as you know, 2019, I was really, really struggling because of the trauma we had been through with him right? and stuff like that. And it affected me beyond what I, I actually could even embrace at that point in time. I didn't even recognize what was going on, but I, I suffered like, like post-traumatic, whatever, I don't know, yeah. um, stress. I, I just... It affected me so deeply. I couldn't get out of the room. I just stayed in my room trying to do things. And here I'm trying to work with leaders, but I'm struggling myself. <laughs> you know? and, 
And uh, can't even lead myself. <laughs> I can't lead myself. And I was talking about that. You know, you've got to lead you before you can lead others. And here I am struggling. I can't, I, I'm struggling to communicate with people. I'm not meeting people. I'm just struggling, you know. And, uh, and then my, young, the, the, my youngest son, who, um, who went through the, the cancer uh, process, uh, he says to me, Dad, you've got to get out of the room. you just got to get out. You got, once you get out there, meet people, you, you will uh, discover new things. And I said, I don't know how I'm going to do that. Where do I go? I don't know what to do. You know, I, I just, I was struggling. I, I didn't have, a, I didn't have self-confidence. I, I didn't have confidence in myself. I didn't have confidence in God's ability in my life. Nothing. I just it was struggling. And he said, you've got to get this anyway. And that's where I made the decision driving bus. So I was, I went to drive school bus. But the school bus was interesting because immediately it got me out meeting people and I jumped right. on the on the radio um, every day and I had to call the hub buses, you know. So I had to say this is the final call for all hub buses. But then I started inserting yeah. a little thing on it, you know. Seanism. Amazing day, you know. And people would come to me and say, thank you so much. You've inspired us so much today. And one day I just said, remember this you are amazing and i just left it at that people came to me afterwards bus drivers thank you so much but you know that <laughs> more to me than what i said to them you know right. them just just encouraging me and saying how much it meant to them meant so much to me right in that process while i'm there uh, a lady's talking and she goes i'm a notary public and i'm going what is that? I, I know I need a notary public because I need documents certified to send for my passport renewal. So I'm going, notary, and she's a notary public? That's interesting. She's a bus driver, you know? Right. So what I did was I started researching notary public. And I go, okay, there's a business here. This is incredible. And it meets a need because people right. need stuff notarized. So if I can solve somebody's problem and do it better than other people, in other words, just be a good Big, serve well, you know, just do excellence, manage what I do, manage it well. Hey, I get, I'll get more, you know, this can be a good business. Then as I'm going along, I discover loan signing agent. I said, oh, this is a little even better now. Now I'm working yeah. with mortgage stuff. I can get do um, documents, signing documents for people, which means I help lenders and title companies, etc., and get stuff signed where people are. They don't have to travel all the way into offices and stuff. I go to their home and I, I, say, I can do that, you know? And so I've I don't have a car, but I can do that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a car. That's right. I don't have a car. Have a you need a printer. I didn't have a printer. I didn't have. A... You didn't even have a laptop that worked, dude. <laughs> I'm not working that great. It, it, it doesn't. Nothing comes up on the screen, so um, <laughs> you know. I had, things, I had one pair of pants and and one shirt. That was it. And so I was just like, okay, but you know what? For the life of me, and and I, it took me four times to write the exam to pass. You know, just to get my to get the qualification. So I just like I'm gonna, but I'm I won't give up. And many days I felt like give up, Sean. Just give up. You hope. Yeah. You, you know, all that self-doubt kicked in and in self-disputations, not not, right. not disputations with others, but self-disputation. And I just like, 
I was arguing with myself, you're no good, you can't do this. And I made a mistake on the one, on, the one time on the document because I just threw myself out there. I, like, I just got to do this, you know. And, uh, and I made a mistake. And I was like, you're bad. You, you're, you're a failure, you know, because I made one mistake. And then right. next day, somebody, I, I had another signing and I just kept going, kept going, kept going with my one pair of pants, my one shirt, borrowed car, and I kept doing it. Now I've bought a car. It's not a fancy car, but it's a car. And I've done a thousand miles of driving in one month, you know, so. Yeah. And what was the name of your car? An escape. (laughs) I'm escaping that old mentality. But but the point is, is that, you know, you, if you don't look for opportunity, if you don't look for problems, get, you know, pray. I I was asking God for an idea that will work regardless of what the economy does. People always buy and sell houses. Right. Like, and, and you know what I did was I focused on being thorough. And now people, they send me messages and ask me to do the job for them, you know? Right, right. So, so you know, th- that's incredible. And they pay me pretty good. Um, and and uh, But if you don't align yourself with it and you don't manage what you're given, you never get anything. You know, you just right. stay where you are for the rest of your life. And you'll never discover the, the, um, but at the same time, let me say this, I know it's preparing me in management for right. a, a, a bigger thing to come. So right. it, it's like not the end in itself. It's the means to an end. And, right. and you're always praying, asking God, aligning with seeking out what is that means to an right. end, because the end becomes the means to the next end. And you keep growing and you keep progressing God wants to give us a good life. God wants us not yeah. to failures and 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 weak and beaten. But what down. he's also doing too is that he's putting rubber to the outside of of your understanding. Does that make sense? Yes. Because um, you know, I know this one guy, and it's not you, <laughs> but but he was he was teaching for years. He had just come out of some sort of seminary thing. And he was teaching about the, the principles of business yeah, and about how God works in the principles of business. He'd never run a business before. Uh. He'd never even started a business. He'd never even had a real job yes. for any length of time. He was supported by his parents. Oh, gosh. So his concept is minimal. Yeah, he didn't have. I mean, he could he could study, he could look at different things, and people are going, "Oh, wow, you know, we love these principles." We, love, but he's never he never even had that entrepreneurial spirit to be able to go out there. But he had a ministerial, he had that ministerial understanding. Well, I'm going to preach this, and thereby then people will give me money. Yes, yes. So it's more like a seminar type of a of a mentality. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, you were going to ask me, you know, how I, where, where does that point come? Uh, cause I, I, there was this one guy on this Facebook group that I was working with. He comes out and he says, man, I quit my job that I'd been working for years and, and we were really well set. And my wife and I just had a baby and I decided it was time to go full-time ministry. Number one, he didn't have anybody that was listening to him. Right. He didn't have a group around him that he was investing his life into. He didn't have any of that. He had a concept of ministry. Yeah. And when it gets to the point where 
basically like now it seems like I, I mean i'll still do some little jobs here and there uh, but as a general rule i'm pretty well full-time uh just doing what i do on the phone like with you and with other people and and uh but it's the it's the first time in 35 years yes i i mean i was i was working full-time doing landscape design and construction you know i mean just out there like every other working man you know and, and doing everything i could on the side but i didn't have a group of people that i was working with either yeah uh to really invest my life into and once once those bones are set into that place where you begin to give to give that and that becomes more of a priority, all of a sudden things begin to happen. And now if I start to do another job, the the funds dry up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if I continue to do what I'm supposed to do as far as what I'm doing right now. Yeah. you know, giving my life to these guys so they get to the next level and everything else. Uh, if I do that, the funds just come in. And I don't even know. It's not necessarily just from people. It's from different different little things. That, uh, it's just, it's strange. Yeah. So, uh, or like the boat sold, you know, I mean, that, you know, that was a, that was a pretty big deal because yeah. I wasn't having to pour out money all the time trying to fix it. Um, or, or think about it all the time. So I'm not opposed at all to, to doing something, um, not on the side, but do something in conjunction with, because it is an enterprise. It is something that God's given you to where, what is that in your hand, Moses? But that's the first thing God said to Moses. He says, how am I going to do this? And he says, what's in your hand? Well, it was a staff is something that he carried around for the last 40 years. Uh, tending his father-in-law's sheep and he says well throw that down so he did and you know became a serpent and then he picked it up again but i thought what's what is it that's in your hand he's gonna use you right where you're at because he's not sending some minister he's not sending some gift he's not sending an anointing he's been preparing you all your life and you're gonna use who you, he's gonna use who you are not not necessarily just what you do, but wherever you go, he's going to use you. He's sending you. Yes. You are the gift. That's right. No, exactly. And that, you know, you see, the, the, there's a whole bunch of things that go with this. And, and that that has to become, our mind has to be renewed in that sense. It's like, first off, is that God is 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 developing me and in the process of me fulfilling a purpose in the right. And and we never, you know, like leadership. You are you born a leader? I think everybody is because that's Genesis chapter one. But is everybody a leader? No, because the whole process of development has to take place. So you have to get into the right environment. You have to be listening to the right stuff. You have to be getting your new developed process to get to the place where you can get into alignment with God's mission vision. Uh, purpose for your life um, where you begin to understand what your values are, your convictions. Yeah, I spoke about 
I was watching a thing um, on Memorial Day, and um, on Netflix they've got this uh, series that I finished last night called um, The Medal of Honor, and it's all about the heroes that have um, achieved the Medal of Honor. You know, right, right. Yeah, I've seen that. That's pretty good. It, it's the guys that become Medal of honor uh winners or will get the award not winners but yeah recipients award, is are those that have you know they they non they're not non-assuming you don't think they will actually become men. right you know they they typically quiet they don't say a lot they're not loud noisy boasters or anything like that in fact the last one i watched the guy wasn't even a good um he didn't even relate well to his to his uh, team, you know, <laughs> to the guys where they were stationed in Afghanistan. He wasn't. He didn't even relate well to them. They didn't like him, and yet under fire, he becomes this incredible person who brings out something that's been developed in in him uh, that nobody would have known until it was in a crisis. He he brings right. up the stuff and he rescues guys and saves. Uh, you know, pulls them out under fire and all sorts of stuff. So, um, and, and, you know, I thought to myself watching that is like, what takes it to be a hero many times is like, you've got to have something that's developed on the inside of you that you might not even realize is there. Right. And you will be counted on in the times of crisis, in the times of tragedy, in the times of uh, stress, in the times of difficult times and in the good times. To stand up for something, have a voice, have a message, know your purpose, know where you're going. But it doesn't start there. It starts with managing the little things. If you can't manage the hundred dollars that you get in your pocket, how are you going to manage the hundred thousand? Right. If you can't manage a small business idea of, you know, growing tomatoes and selling it alongside the road, how are you going to manage a farm? You, yeah, micro microgreens. Yes. You know, if you don't start with microgreens, in fact, even that is not that easy if you don't start small. No. Just go into developing, a, you know, a whole massive room full of microgreens. It's not that easy. Trust me, I tried. <laughs> uh, so there's, you know, it's like, and it's these ideas that I haven't gotten, you know, it's just like I, I'm going to, I'm going to be pursuing that. I just, but it's. I need to manage my resources so that I've got money to put into something. So, and I told you about the Niger. I think it was a Nigerian lady in. Um, she lived in a village. Her husband kicked her out. They were on the her and her children. They were on the on the street. I mean, they were just like starving, you know. So what she did was to get money to pay for a family. She she looked at cars driving past the village all the time, and she goes, "They need oil." And so she went to the local garage and she said, hey, do you guys have um, old oil? So they said, yes. So she took the oil, she filtered out the oil and sold it to the guys alongside the road in jars. Hmm. And, and they would buy the oil from her. So she, you know, she re recycled it a little bit, but, you know, just cleaned it out and whatever. Right, right. And so she would sell the oil to them. And because they didn't want to spend a lot of money because they're out in the country. So they started buying oil years later. And so she managed that, fed her family, managed that, put away some tithe, you know, whatever, gave away. And and uh, in years to come, 
she owned oil wells, bought the the local bishop a white limousine, you know, a big one. And um, so... Oh, there we go. That's the problem right there. The bishop loved it, a <laughs> priest, and, and she was the king. But um, anyway, that's besides the point. <laughs> it's like she, but the, the point is, is that she managed her resources from small. Right. Grew into the bigger. And that's what I began to look at. I said, okay, how, what can I start with? I had to manage the bus. I had to manage that 10 seconds I had to say something to 100 bus drivers who that would encourage them, that would inspire them. And I took that and that inspired me in return. So I'm right. That I'd managed 10 seconds that I had. In fact, I, I one day I took. Yeah, what's that in your hand? Yes. But one day I took 20 seconds and, and the manager got all over me because she's talked too long, stuff you shouldn't be saying. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to do what I do in 10 seconds and still do the same thing, you know? So I did it. And, and but, you know, you manage the little things and then it grows into the bigger ideas and the bigger ideas grow into bigger ideas. But we have to become better managers. And I think the same for you. You've managed the business, you know, for many, many years. You've, You've uh, been successful. And then, you know, at a certain point, it's like, okay, this is, this is drying up a little bit. God is, you know, and that's what happens is God says, it's new season. It's time to right. know, it's dry right. up for you. You know, it's like Elijah by the brook, you know, kind of thing. And just like, it's drying up because I want you to go to Mount Horeb. I want you to get the new idea. I want you to see the new season I'm starting in your life. That's right. what it is. And and then, of course, you had this major crisis, you know, in a sense, physically in your life that altered a lot of things for you. In your, You had to adapt. You had to pivot your whole focus on, okay, how am I going to conduct my life now to work with where, you know, what I've just been through. What you went through is not like any small fry thing. I mean, goodness. <laughs> Most people would be dead. You know, you, yeah, yeah. you are. Um, and and you're encouraging people and, and inspiring them and teaching and whatever the story is. So you've had to pivot to that, you know. And you've got not you've you've not only got ministerial experience from the past, but you've also got business experience. You you it's like there's this process of development that's taking place in your life that you are now a great uh, what is the word resource as a gift to the body of Christ, to, to people's lives, to the next generation, you know? It's, right. I think I'm answering my own question. Is, where is the <laughs> right now? Yeah. What's funny is, is that uh, there's a young man who, who has been just doing lawn maintenance and lawn care. Well, he started branching out and, and doing some uh, yardscaping, uh, some uh, land contouring, uh, drainage issues, things like that, that some of his customers have asked him for. Well, he, he asks me to come in and help him. And he says, I know that you've done this for years. And he says, I need somebody that knows their stuff so that I can, I can then know. Cause he says, I could try to learn it, but he said, it's, it's a lot easier to learn from somebody who's already done it. And it's a lot quicker than to be able to learn what you know, as opposed to just trying to get out there and do it by trial and error. Exactly. That's mentoring. Yeah. And so I've been doing that with him. Awesome. And, um, you know, he, he, 
he comes and does my lawn sometimes. And, uh, you know, in exchange for me standing there on his job site, kind of telling him what, what would be to be done next and what this and that. And is that prospering? Is that have, yes, it is. Yeah. Cause I'm not having to go out there and do my, my two acres of lawn. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, uh, sometimes he'll pay me, um, you know, for, for the time spent and I'm not requiring anything. He just, he just wants to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just, it's just one of those things that you just go, this is kind of, this is kind of a different, this is a different way of, cause you're not doing it to make it a business. You're, you're doing it to invest into somebody else's life, but yet out of the abundance of their heart, they give it to Melchizedek. They give it to somebody who was sent just to bless them. Yeah. And they don't even know they're doing it that for that reason or that way, but they just knew that God sent someone to help and they just, their heart opens up and they just begin to give. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's not a requirement. I'm not there to make it, uh, you know, make it happen. It's just, and that's, uh, that's the thing he's worked in me in that particular aspect. Yeah. Is that, um, you know, I'm here to invest in your life, uh, whether you give or not, you know, that's, it doesn't matter to me. Um, and, um, you know, to impart what I have, whatever, whatever you need right now, I want to impart that so that you can get to that next step that you're trying to get to. Yes, exactly. And, and, you know, just in that, you see, there's a, that, that is the season that you come to, you know, it's right. Just, you come it's there's a, been a development process you come into that season and now you're ready for um, you know where you can find others the the platform for them to their success right the and i wasn't ready for that 30 years ago sorry i wasn't ready for that 30 years ago you know nor was i uh, you know like all i could think about was success at that point in time for myself right right the and most of the time it was survival, not success. So Well, that's true. That's very true. You know, so we were we were working to survive um and then hoping for success, you know. Right. And and, uh, and then God takes you to the next stage, is like, okay, you know, get out of the survival mentality. Now it's time to think about um success mentality, you know. Right. That you may prosper and be have good success. That, that's right. Next level. But it takes it takes this renewing of the mind to get to that place. It takes a right. development process, and people don't understand that. They think it's an instant thing. You know, it's just you know to switch off, turn on kind of thing. And uh, and uh, I mean, yeah, it's just it's crazy. It's like the the one guy that that um, was in Cape Town, you know, um, dealing with everybody, and he would take everybody out for dinners and stuff like that. And, and then he went back home to his church and he would preach then saying, um, and we, we, we would say, hey, you know, we don't, we don't need to go out to dinners all the time and stuff, you know. No, 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 I'm paying. We're taking you out to dinner because it was all to impress everybody. And right. then he gets back to his church and, and he begins preaching on how, um, how nobody in South Africa pays for anything. He's got to pay for everything. Meantime, the guy's living in this mansion, driving, hiring fancy cars, toys, going on uh, on trips to to um, 
game farms and all sorts of stuff. And, uh, and he's now soliciting the, the, the church to pay for his lifestyle in Cape Town by saying to the people, hey, they don't pay for anything that side. You know, that's manipulation and that's not God. It just is right. not the way of God, you know. So, And the same guy that you're talking about there, uh, we'd be on a ministry trip together. And he, he says, there's two guys that I call. He says, yeah, I'll call the church and let them know that we're having a move of God and they'll give more. But he says, these two guys, if I just tell them it's a move of God and we need to stay here longer, uh, they will go ahead and, and pay us to, to stay here longer. Wow. Now you see, it's just that, that, you know, it's just not right. And that, you know, is Paul talks about in Acts 20, you know, is I've worked honestly with my own hands to provide for me and my team. Right. Right. You know, that's not honest work you know that that is just manipulation it doesn't work i'm just looking now it says paul paul says this he said uh peter says uh that the elders are to shepherd and guide and protect the flock of god among you exercising oversight not under compulsion but voluntarily not um, according to the will of god and not motivated for shameful gain but with wholehearted enthusiasm not lording it over those assigned to your care do not be arrogant or overbearing but be examples of christian living to the flock set a pattern of integrity for those you lead right and uh, you know i think that then uh, so, you know even though it applies here to to eldership i think it applies to everybody to have the same kind of heart you know and the same kind of mindset. If indeed it is the, if indeed we are of the priests after the order of Melchizedek. Because Abraham came uh, after having that big war uh, with all the kings. Yeah. And he had dispatched every one of them and taken all their stuff. I mean, he had loads of stuff uh you know stuff that he had taken the spoils of war and all of a sudden all the little kings from all around came that were kind of in league with him and, and camped around his camp to see who would he apportion uh some of these spoils to well all of a sudden comes this guy melchizedek who had no father no mother no lineage no no nothing the only reason melchizedek came was to bless Abraham. Yes. That's the only reason. Yes. And when you think about that, if I'm a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, just like Christ, then my whole intent and purpose is coming to somebody. It's not to get what you've got. It's to give you something, to give you life and that more abundantly. Right. That's what he came for. Right. So I'm coming to give you something. I'm coming like Paul says, I long to give you unto you, impart unto you some spiritual gift. I'm not coming to try to get anything that you've got, but I'm coming to, I long to impart unto you some spiritual gifts. So my intent and purpose is to give you something. I was sent by God as a gift to, to give you something. And that opened up the heart of Abraham to be able to give unto him a tithe or a tenth part of everything that he had. And it wasn't it wasn't the fact that it was just he was a priest. It wasn't the fact that he was a king. It wasn't the fact that he had gifts. It wasn't the fact it wasn't anything else other than the heart. Yes. And that's that's 
one of the other words for wisdom in um, in Proverbs. That's one of the things that God begins to work on because wisdom hath builded her house. It's the word lab, which is the word heart. Yes. And that's one of the words translated wisdom as is that's that's a whole wow. encompassing way that he builds is is the heart of it. Yeah. And that's what he begins to look upon. And that's what that's what the whole order of Melchizedek's built upon is that heart. Yeah. I've come here to be spent on you i'm i'm i've come here to not to gain anything from who you are or what you've done or what you've got in your hand but to give you something that the lord has placed within me and i've received it freely and i'm going to give it to you freely right and if we get to that point and the problem is uh when you're younger like you said all our concentration on is 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 in our ministry and whether you try to think about it or not because of the nature of the beast, <laughs> um, you 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 become fed by the accolades. You become fed by different things. You become fed by um, the fact that they are, they're giving to you now, and it's almost like it becomes a vicious cycle, just like a drug. Um, you know that the more the more you get that feedback, or the more you get that input the more you get that uh, it, it pushes you more toward that purpose i've got to do this more because man i get i get a high on sunday mornings right and then by sunday night i'm i've already lost it you know yeah. and uh you know i've got to get to the place where i can do it again so that i can get another high and uh, hopefully get somebody speaking back to me and and giving me that or, or somebody giving me a, a gift or somebody, whatever, you know, whatever the yeah, thing is. Whatever gives me a high, yeah. Yeah, but but it is a drug. It becomes a drug. It does. It and does. Uh, we become addicted to it. And that's where, that's where, as a young man, it's very dangerous um, because I look to it as a vocation then. I'm going to give you a service and you're going to give me your money. Yeah. And you are commanded to by God. If I give to you spirituals, you give to me your carnals. And we be, it becomes a gift out of compulsion then rather than I've been sent to you for no other reason but to give you something. Right. And uh, we've lost that order of Melchizedek. We've lost that priesthood somewhere along the line. And that's where he begins to change that lab in you, that heart in you, to where that heart of Melchizedek comes back. Yeah. Uh, so that you can say, yes, the Holy One of Israel, the Prince of Peace, that life-giving spirit sent me, and that's what I've been sent for, so that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Can you imagine if we just came to our house, just to our wives that way? Yeah. I've been sent today. I mean, I don't have to tell her that, but I've been sent today that you might have life and that more abundantly. Right. Right. Yeah, that's how we got to live. Give life, man. Yeah. Oh, good. Thank you, Steve. For no, thank time. you. Yeah, that was good. Um, there's so many more directions and rabbit trails we can follow in this. Uh, <laughs> running right now, and it's okay. We'll we'll just have to halt it here and come back to it um, in another conversation sometime. 
but yeah, really, really practical stuff. Really good, really good. Well, we we kind of kept on the same thing to the general degree, but uh, <laughs> um, and that that was part of that symbiotic relationship thing, you know that we've seen it so much, but part of that is, is there's a, there's a culture that we keep promoting that, that isn't the righteous culture. It isn't the culture of Melchizedek. It's a culture of something else. And that's where, that's where we have to be changed into his likeness and image. Otherwise it's, it's never going to change with anybody else. I mean, exactly. It's got to start somewhere. Somebody has to kick the soccer balls to start off with. You know? Right. That's true. Otherwise we're all standing there looking at it. We're all standing, looking at the ball, you know, and uh, yeah. we'll never get to the goal if we don't start, if somebody doesn't kick the ball, you know, so let's start, let, let it be you, let it be me, you know, um, right. That's the, that's the thing about it rather than, Finding, and that's the thing is like, oh, never mind. <laughs> I'm going to start on another topic here. Uh, that's all right. <laughs> all right, Steve. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate your time. All right. We'll catch you later. Catch you later. Bye bye. Bless you. Bye.